Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Well, go, Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Matt is reporting in for duty. Dory's here too. Um, I don't know what to say. It's week uh, 504. The baby's very old now. Yes. The baby's almost 10. Yeah. Now the baby is five and a half weeks old. Is that all? Yeah. Feels so much longer. Feels like he's always been here. The time, it's, I swear, it goes by slowly. Well, that's what they say. The days are long, but the years are short. No, no, no. They say, enjoy the moment. It's time, time goes by very slowly. It goes by slower than you think. <laughs> Is that what they say? That's what I'm saying. Mm. To anybody out there who's thinking about this whole baby situation, word of caution. It's a pain in the butt. It takes a long time. It doesn't do anything. 
I think we knew this going in. Mm. Well, I was sold a false bill of goods. Were you? Yep. I was told that with IVF, we could make a five-year-old. What? Yeah. Someone that could talk to me. How would I How would I be able to, to carry a five-year-old? I'm not the scientist. Oh, good I point. don't ask questions. I just write the checks. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, look. I don't know. Dory, do you have any updates for people? You've done things. You've gone to the doctors. You've been to physical therapy. You've uh, yeah lived your life while I was going back to work. So we had Henry's one-month appointment on Wednesday. It was actually his five-week appointment, but mm-hmm. it was his one-month appointment. But okay. it was late. Gotcha. Um, he grew more than an inch, and he gained almost two pounds. So I put on some sympathy weight. Oh, that was yeah, nice of you. I put on two pounds while I was waiting to hear. <laughs> um, and his head grew. And obviously. Obviously. Um, oh, yeah. Miller High Life, guys. The champagne of beers. Uh, he's drinking Monster Energy. Miller High Life would be better right now. Um. But yeah, he, he's doing well. I expressed some concern that he seems to turn his head to one side. You did? Yeah. No, you didn't. You said he didn't like feeding off of the left boob. Well, I said he didn't like feeding off of the left boob and that when he sleeps, he's almost always turned a certain way. But have you noticed now that he's constantly turned the other way? It's like well, we overcompensated. I know. And then, so then the doctor was like, yeah, I can see he's getting a little bit of a flat spot. Um, I can refer you to physical therapy. And I was like, okay. Is so, that physical therapy anywhere near the pediatrician's office, honey? Yes, it's two having... floors down. Oh, interesting. Kickback honey, scam. It's illegal. That's illegal. I understand. Kickback. Scam. Why are you so skeptical of the medical establishment? Scam. You know, for, for a science and evidence-based person, you're very skeptical of the well, medical establishment. I'm very skeptical of the way that our health system works here in the United States. Okay. So anyway, so she referred us to a physical therapist. Um, I went the next morning. Matt was once again unavailable because he had to record a podcast. Um, what did I record? Oh yeah. Bonding. James Bonding. Yeah. Um, the physical therapist was lovely. Uh, Henry had just woken up from a nap. That's always a good time to catch him. Yeah. She was like, this is a good time to catch them. Mm-hmm. And he was in a pretty good mood. Like most of the time he, yeah. he, he dealt with being baby handled with, with very few complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, she showed us some exercises to do. Yeah. Involving like, you know, just kind of helping him turn his head or li- like giving him space to turn his head and rotate his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and she showed us how to put, like, to put a towel, rolled a towel underneath him for tummy time to kind of elevate him a little bit more. What will that do? It just helps him, like, get his head up. Because it's so big? Yeah. Cool. Um, but she did not think he had torticollis, which is when... Me either. You're... Scam. Hi. Which is when you can't... When babies can't turn their heads to one side, usually because of the way they were positioned in the womb. Mm-hmm. It's a womb with a view. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. So then we came home. And then the next day, 
he fussed a little bit, but he ate from the left boob for the first time in like over a week. Uh huh. And then today he's been like fine on the left boob. Look, I just think um, he's a baby, so you can't really guess what babies are thinking. It's true. There's no real rhyme or reason. Yeah. I do think his sucking has gotten stronger. And so I think part of the issue with the left boob was that it was taking longer to kind of get going. Yeah. And now I think it's a little faster because he's able to suck more strongly. He's a baby, you know? So I think what we're all going to have to remember here is that he's um, a baby. Just going to get stronger every day, you know, until he's old enough to beat me at a fist fight. And then he'll be a man. Oh, it's kind of dark. That's what happens at bar mitzvahs, right? Uh, no. You fight the patriarch. <laughs> <laughs> and you only are allowed to become a man if you beat the patriarch. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I thought a bar mitzvah was. Huh. Well, it's not. A fist fight with the father. Yeah. Or the next closest older adult male. Sure. That's what confirmation is. Oh. Yeah. You fight Jesus. Wow. Yeah. How'd you do? Uh, good. I have. A, I had a sword. You pick a weapon. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you fight ghost Jesus. Uh, and if you slay him, you are confirmed. Wow. As a Catholic. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Does everyone pass? Uh, no. Some oh. people don't, and they obviously go to hell eventually. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. That's why you pick a confirmation name. That's what you put on your shield. Oh, wow. Yeah, when you go to fight Jesus. <sighs> Religious facts with Matt. <laughs> uh, I you bet. know, Buddhists, they uh, challenge Buddha to a pie-eating contest. They have to beat Buddha to find enlightenment. <laughs> cool. Anyway. anyway. And then in the Hindi culture, it's, um, you have to... Hindu. Uh, Hindu culture. You have to, you have to, you, uh... Okay. You have to assemble a very complicated Lego set faster than Vishnu, which is hard because there's so many arms. And then once you do that confirmed <laughs> <laughs> wow were you a religious studies major <laughs> you know so much about world religions well look i went to catholic school and we did take theology for four years so i know all of them and their specific challenges great each one's a quest <laughs> anyway now dory yes what do you think henry's bar mitzvah theme will be Oh, great question. So far out, you know. I mean, if it was now, you'd probably do like Marvel or something. He would? <laughs> you think yeah. so? I don't think the kid has any... I mean, if it was now, he'd probably just do no, I meant, milk. I meant if he was bar mitzvah age now. Oh, I'm saying it's if it, Henry. If it was it's actually Henry. now, it's it would be milk. It would be milk, yeah. yeah. It would be. Or, or a boob. <laughs> That's all he knows. You're a man now. <laughs> What if he had a bow-themed bar mitzvah? That would be adorable. It would be. I don't think Bo's going to be there for his bar mitzvah. Oh. Oh, buddy. Matt's been getting real sad about Bo lately. Don't go. I made, I put together a, 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 like a photo book. Yeah. Of 
the photos that the Henry's first days. That's what I called it. It's available on on Patreon if you donate one million dollars. <laughs> um, and we I put together photos from the birth photography session and the newborn photography session that we did. And I said something about Bo being a good big brother, and Matt started crying. Um, I can't even quote exactly what you said because I. <laughs> literally will start crying oh buddy don't go i just got sad thinking about the dog having a uh, dying and um you know etc etc having to tell uh what's his face henry yeah <sighs> yeah anyway hey, a long story short you know uh, i was thinking i was thinking the Nothing nothing has changed with Bo. No, nothing is wrong not, with Bo. No. He's still got the youth and vibrance of a sleepy puppy. <laughs> and yet, yeah. Um, I was just going to say that I'm glad we hired the birth photographer. I think you are glad. You're, that's, I'm glad you're glad. It pains you to admit I was right about the birth photographer. I don't know... It's hard to know what a world without the birth photographer would look like. I probably wouldn't have cried. I'd still be fine. I wouldn't look at Bo with a sense of dread. So, is my life better because of the birth photographer? No, it is not. So, there you go. Mine is. Okay, well, good. I'm glad your life's doing so great right now. (laughs) Is he breathing? Yes. Okay. Um, that was me checking Bo, not the baby. Correct. <laughs> you see where Matt's priorities lie. Yep. I told them today that if I had uh, had my choice, I would save uh, Bo, not not both of them. By them, he means me and his son, <laughs> his wife and his son. It was just you know, look, Bo has put in a lot of time here, you know. He's a good dog. <laughs> he is a good dog. He's, you know, as we've discussed, he's really risen to the occasion mm-hmm. in a way that none of us were expecting. No, I don't even think he was expecting it. No. And we certainly weren't. That's correct. So, you know, just goes to show. What are we looking towards here in the next couple of weeks with this baby? Like, what do we have going on? What's his deal? Well, he'll hit six weeks this week. Is there some sort of six-week milestone we should be looking for? Six weeks is like a big week. Oh, yeah? What do you think happens there? Does he get, like, uh, some sort of uh, cake? Should we get him a cake? We could. I don't think he would eat it. I bet he would if we gave it to him. Okay. Is that when you start with solid foods? Six weeks? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. I just clicked on your six-week-old baby's development. At six weeks, it may feel like your baby was just born, or it may feel like you have known them for a lifetime. Well, we have known him for his lifetime. Feels like I've, uh, feels like he's never slept that long in his entire life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. 
At six weeks old, your baby is gaining weight at a rate of about 1.5 to 2 pounds per month. So by the end of two months, your infant should have packed on an additional four pounds since birth. So yeah, he's about on the right track because he gained about two pounds in his first month. All right. Um, he'll also continue adding length. Mm-hmm. He seems to be doing that. And your baby's head circumference will continue to grow. This is a very dumb list. Yep. Okay. Here's some developmental milestones. Your baby will continue to open his eyes in the morning and close them at night. Okay. They hold their head up during tummy time or when you're holding them on your chest. Makes more smooth movements with their arms and legs. That I'd like to see. He's currently like a herky-jerky animatronic. Baby. Yeah. Uh, the first smile. Smiles up to this point may have been more related to gas. So this is a very exciting uh, moment. I actually think he has been smiling not related to gas. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Begins to self, self-soothe. Um, he's already done that. Yeah. He sucks. It says, he's an advanced baby. Such as sucking on a fist when feeling upset. He does that. Yeah. He's constantly upset then. Tries to keep a parent in their line of sight. Babies at this age love looking at human faces more than anything. So this week, you're the star of the show. Finally. <laughs> Turns head towards sounds. Oh, well, I'll be on the lookout for that. I don't know that I've really paid attention to him. Doing. Here's one that we have noticed today. Mm coos and gurgles in attempts to talk to you we were just saying that he was so talkative today uh that's so funny gets bored you won't hear whines of i'm bored just yet but even at this young age your baby can get fussy or irritable without new stimulation or activities and may cry when feeling bored i think he's bored bored. (gasps) that's why i was telling you we should take him out of the room Like, we shouldn't constantly, like, because when we go in there, when he's crying, it's like, we go in there with him, and then we're Mm. in there with him, and he's looking at the same stuff. He is probably bored. Follows items like a finger or a rattle with his eyes across the room or as it moves. Yeah, he does that. Yeah, he's pretty good, guys. Okay, this is when we should be concerned. Oh, no. By the, and not, okay, they, they preface this by saying, not all babies develop at the same rate. There will always be considerations for your baby's own unique abilities and special needs. There's a wide range of developments that can happen even within a week's time span. However, by the end of two months, you may want to discuss with your baby's doctor if you notice your little one will not respond to loud sounds, won't watch items or people as they move, is not smiling, can't bring their hands to their mouth, and can't hold their head up when lying on their stomach. Okay, well, he does all those things. Hmm. Does he hold his head up? When he's doing tummy time, he can he can start to hold it up. Start to, yeah. Mm, interesting. Um, it says we should introduce new toys. Happy to do it. And we should take a stroll. It's I, I'm watching him constantly stroll back and forth past this window. Mm. Um. All right. Well, that's what's going on. That's Six weeks. What's happening in the baby world? Mm-hmm. What's happening? Uh, One's Forever 35 coming back with Dory. Well, Kate and I are recording on Wednesday. When will the public be able to hear such an episode? Um, I think we're going to post it next week, the 13th. Wow. What an exciting adventure. Yeah. It's cool. I'm excited. Like, I'm ready to be back. It was like two months off, huh? It was exactly six weeks off. That's like two months off, huh? No, it's six weeks. It's like two months. It's a month and a half. It's like two months. It's not like two months. It's like two months in that you could also count it by weeks. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy. 
I have a doctor's appointment on Monday. Tori's going to see DB. Yep, Dr. Brown. Um, what time is that at? That's at 10. It's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Hoping she'll give me the all clear. I miss her. Hope she's doing well. You can come. I could, but then the baby would have to come. And that's awkward. Yeah. She might want to meet the baby. I don't know that she does. I mean, she did technically already meet the baby. She met the baby many, many, many times. Yeah. Well, sort of. Like, she didn't do the ultrasounds. She did some other stuff. Yeah, she did. She pulled the baby out of you. She did. She did do that. She came back and was like, how are you doing? Yeah. How's the baby? Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm I'm grateful that I have an OB that I really like and me, that I trust. Me too. And that came to see me at two in the morning in the hospital. Boy, you really can't get over that, huh? That is like mind blowing to me. I gotta be honest, if I was in the hospital seeing patients, I'd, I'd, I'd swing by. Just letting you know. But like, I feel like... Had she made a specific trip for us at two o'clock in the morning, I'd be like, you're crazy. Why are you even here? Yeah, but you know what it is? I feel like I just hear from so many people whose doctors, like they see them for 20 minutes when they deliver the baby and then the doctor's like, peace out, you know? And I just felt like she was very present. Did you know that we didn't use the nursery ever? Um, yeah. Like we never sent, we never, Henry never left the room. We didn't have to because he was asleep so much when we were in the hospital. Like he was, remember when she came, she was like, were you, did you wake up when she yeah. came? And she was like, you're the only one, you're the only person I've seen who has actually been asleep. Yeah. Because Henry was asleep. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, I feel like a lot of people send their babies to the nursery so they can get like a couple hours of sleep, but he was actually sleeping. I feel like we missed out on that luxury item. <laughs> well, I went to the nursery with him um, so he could get weighed mm -hmm. and there were some babies in there mm -hmm. there was one very large baby in there um can't wait for him to start doing stuff yeah but also i like that he can't move right now <laughs> our house is not baby proof no he's gonna have to learn to enjoy exposed wires etc oh god it is what it is i guess <laughs> Like those tools and knives and stuff that are in that bag right there on the floor. Uh-huh. Probably couldn't have those out. I'm going to go with nope. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to build so many shelves just to keep the baby away from things. Oh, boy. We should elevate the entire room seven feet. Well, that's a good idea. Thank you. You're full of good ideas today. I'm full of something. Yeah. <sighs> Guys, this podcast, it's the only time we get to talk to adults, so <laughs> thanks for listening. <sighs> Look, we'll be right back. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know those, like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back, everybody. Hi. Whoop, whoop. What, what? Um, all right. We got, we got a lot of great emails and voicemails this week, I gotta say. I'm excited about it. Um, just a reminder, you can email us at Dory and Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail, and you can call us, leave us a voicemail. There's a three minute limit. So you'll get cut off after three minutes. But the number is 413-461-BABY. You know, we've been working on a lot of guitars lately. He has been. He's basically the Nick Offerman of guitar repair. (laughs) Got a home shop if anybody needs anything done. You come see me. Um, But, uh, you know, how we've been uh, trying to figure out money because we're 
adults who don't know how to use money. Yep. Uh, I really want wanted a guitar, and there was only one, and it was four thousand dollars. So I said, "How much could I build this thing for?" Eight hundred dollars. You're welcome. Wow. Anyway, I was just looking at a wiring schematic on my desk, and I I just thought about that. So, guys, if you'd like a left-handed 1951-style P-Bass, too bad. I bought the only body that was out there. It was $100. You're welcome. Um, Are you building that at the shop? Where are you building that? Here? I'm probably going to paint it at the shop, Mm. spray booth-wise. Um, but I could assemble it here and wire it up here. He's been doing a lot of soldering. I have been doing soldering, guys. A lot of uh, wiring of reverse taper linear pots because, quite frankly, I'm left-handed and I would like my tone pots to work. Is that too much to ask? It is apparently too much to ask because Fender doesn't know how to do it correctly. Even their custom shop wires things incorrectly. Um uh, Gibson does it correctly. The end. <laughs> anyway, so that's Matt uh, Myra does it correctly. Guitar Corner. Yep. Ryan does it correctly over at LA Guitar Repair. If you ever swing by Imperial Vintage in Sherman Oaks, tell him I said, "Hey." Did I just? Say when are you gonna say, say hey? When are you gonna finish Matt's guitar? You could say that at any time, and it's probably in there. <laughs> Any one of my guitars could be there at any time for something. You love that place. Somebody, a fan of something, one of my podcasts, I don't know, uh, was in there getting a guitar repaired and saw Ryan has his, um, he had his sheet up, like his worksheet of like guitars he has to do. And it was Matt Myra, Matt Myra, Matt Myra. <laughs> and the person said, oh, Matt, Matt takes his guitars here. That's pretty funny. I do. So, if you're looking for a guitar repair person in Los Angeles, head over to LA Guitar Repair. Tell them Madison. Good yeah. chance you'll see me. Um. All right. Back to emails. Back to emails. <laughs> Guys, I, I have to figure out like a hobby because the kid's driving me crazy in that, like, I feel like I should be more productive when he's napping or something. And uh, I feel like this is a good hobby. Yeah. Anyway. You seem to get a lot of uh, gratification out of it. I get some gratification out of it. Oh, Bo's on the move. Hopefully not to the stairway to heaven. Oh, God. Bo, stay. <laughs> stay down here, Bo. Don't go. Um, Bobo, come here. He doesn't care. He's nope. more concerned with the tiny bow next door barking. Yep. Incoherent podcast, take two. <laughs> well, I mean, now that you're not going back to work till August. Uh, July. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, everybody, we're back. Bo decided to stick with us. Uh, I gave him some cheese. Crisis averted. Crisis averted, yes. Now, what's going on with the people out there who are listening to this podcast going, 
what is this podcast? <laughs> um, well, we're still getting a lot of thoughts about breastfeeding. Uh, thoughts about it? Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Okay. It's from Mary. You are absolutely not... Okay, well, first she says, I listened to the podcast this morning. Dory, I have so many things to relate to. Take or leave any of this. I know you're getting a thousand emails on breastfeeding and everything else. Just a few thoughts. First, you are absolutely not being selfish because you cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm. Oh, I just think she's being selfish for other reasons. <laughs> you want to breastfeed for Henry. No, one's to breast- no one wants to breastfeed for themselves. One of the quotes I loved from the Crib Sheet book, that's a new book by um, Emily Oster, who wrote Expecting Better, which was the only pregnancy book I read, um, was that no mother thinks, gee, I just love pumping. It's so convenient. Whether it's nursing, pumping, making formula, or some combination, we do it for our babes. You're figuring it out. You're figuring it out. All you have is trial and error. No matter what the best recommendations are, if they don't work for your baby, they don't work. From listening to the podcast, I know you're an intelligent, level-headed person. Hmm. That's up for debate. I'm confident you will find something that works for you that will keep Henry fed and you happy. It sounds like you're doing everything right. Breastfeeding is not linear. My kiddo was a fussy nurser from about three weeks to four months. But then at four months, he, thank God, turned a corner. My mom would constantly tell me, why don't you just give him a bottle? And I know she was just trying to help me, and it was probably hard for her to see me so stressed out. Sometimes bottles helped, but I think ultimately my kiddo and I just had to figure things out. So I hope you get some clarity on it all soon. Thank you for your openness. It's such a vulnerable time. It's really comforting to me to hear from you and the other listeners, even long after my own early nursing days. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. Mary P. I would say he's... um He's taken to it, but he's still not getting enough because it seems like he, Henry needs 90 to 85 ounces per sitting. <laughs> he, he'll, he'll take down another like two to three ounces after I nurse him for like close to an hour. Yeah, it's really upsetting. Okay. I just don't think we should be speaking of. Uh, we should really be like dealing with a... a, a, a an unfeedable child. I mean, unsatiable child. He's able to be satiated. Is he? Yeah. Currently does not seem that way. All right. I'm going to play a voicemail. All right. I'm going to listen to a voicemail. Okay. Hey, it's the Gudge. It's been a while since I've called, but I just had to pause the pod and call in because I'm flabbergasted by the entire concept of the sharing of feedings. Uh, four kids, I think I figured out at one point, like five and a half years or something insane like that of breastfeeding, maybe longer. And that was never something that happened. I was unable to pump. Uh, so I had like the opposite problem that a lot of people have. Took a feed on demand and couldn't pump. Um, so I think there was a period of about five years of my life where I don't remember sleeping. I mean, I'm sure that I must have because I'm still alive at this point, but uh, there, there was not much sleep being had in this poor, tired human being. Um, so kudos to both of you for making that work, and I'm so excited for you, and I think you can hear the shock in my voice, very shocked about this whole situation. And I don't want to sound like my husband's not a great dad because he is. 
he did a whole bunch of other stuff. But I was the nighttime shift person. And uh, I think it's awesome that you guys are sharing the responsibilities and that you're keeping up your safe sleep standards. I wish I would have known some of the things that you've shared um, back when my now um, gigantic human beings were babies. So thanks for the podcast. I'm glad it's still going. Bye. Uh, look, I don't really count it as sharing. Dory does most of the work. Okay. Okay is right. <laughs> Get um, it. Thank you, Gudge. She's the Gudge. She is the Gudge. The Gudge is ruled. We all must listen. <laughs> the Gudge abides. All right. This next email is from Kate. Hi, Matt and Dory. Hi, Kate. I heard your newest podcast about your left boob struggles. Yeah. And it reminded me of when my second daughter was a newborn. We went through the same struggles as you with the baby not gaining weight at first. She actually lost weight between leaving the hospital and her two-week appointment. And she definitely favored one breast over the other and would cry when I put her to my right boob. Mm -hmm. I ended up exclusively pumping as I was so stressed over her weight and my output, even though I'd successfully nursed my older daughter a couple of years earlier and my output with the pump was pretty good. At the time, I put it down to a bad latch or something. Cut to her four-month checkup and my pediatrician noticed my daughter's head was cocked to one side when she was at rest and she favored looking in one direction. We ended up being referred to a physical therapist scam and she was diagnosed with torticollis which is extra tight neck muscles on one side usually caused by the baby's position in the womb at the time i felt really silly for not spotting this myself looking back at all her baby pictures now it's obvious her head was always tilted or turned the same way anyway after a few months of pt and a helmet to correct the flat spot caused by her sleeping with her head on the same side all the time our daughter was fine but at some point it clicked with me this is why she only wanted to nurse on the left side Nursing on the other side must have been very uncomfortable for her as it required her to turn her head in the tight direction. This is... Wait, how did she know? Did we talk about... The... How did we... Did we talk... We didn't talk about the physical therapy last week. No, she wrote in about her daughter. Spooky. Yeah. We should have just seen her. We should have. Kate, we should have just gone to you. You seem to know everything. It was probably nothing to do with my supply. So this is all to say one potential reason Henry might be rejecting less, the left boob is torticollis. Keep an eye out. Kate in New Jersey, two adults, one five-year-old, one two-year-old in 2,400 square feet. Wow. Yeah. This is an exciting time that people are now predicting our doctor's appointments. Yeah. What else can we figure out? It's pretty cool. What else can you guys predict? The future. I know, but what else? Um, hmm. I don't know. Can you predict how much Henry's going to sleep tonight when Dory goes uh, to a birthday dinner? Thank God his monitor reaches the shed and my bandsaw. What are you doing over there? Grocery shopping. <laughs> okay. What are you doing? I'm doing our podcast. Me too. Huh. Guys, you have to multitask. When you're just the dad about town, you have to really think about ways to save time. Hi, Matt Meyer, professional dad. How are you? Would you like to listen to a dad podcast hosted by me and a dad? <laughs> Tune in. I have some stuff I want to add to your groceries. Okay. 
Well, we'll get there. Okay. All right. Here's a voicemail. Hey, Martin Dory. This is Caitlin calling. And I just had the pause to call to um, call in to talk a little bit about tongue ties. Um, I am not a parent, can't speak to any of this relating to breastfeeding specifically, but I can say that I am almost 30 and just had my tongue tie uh, removed a couple months ago after it had bothered me for most of my life, but I had never done anything about it because it didn't ever impede my speech. I never had a lisp um, or anything like that, and so my parents opted not to do anything about it when I was a baby. And then um, now, if I wanted to have something done about it, it was going to cost upwards of $1,000 um, for them to just snip an extra little piece of tin. And actually, the only reason why I did finally have it removed was because I was on a mission trip with a doctor who does that procedure and quickly did it for me for free. And I will say cool. I was uncomfortable for about a week afterwards. Um but just because it was healing, but honestly, I can move my tongue in ways that I've never been able to in my entire life, like stick out my tongue all the way or touch the sides of my cheek with my tongue, stuff that I didn't even really realize I couldn't do until now I can. And I would say that if there's any question, if this is something that Henry deals with, take care of it now while he's a baby and he won't remember and it'll be covered. Um, otherwise you may wish that you had later in life. Anyway, glad you guys are doing so well. And, um, yeah, thanks. Bye. Uh, that's fascinating. Just wanted to present that perspective since you seem skeptical of the very existence of his of tongue ties. Look, all I'm saying is it was a scam. <laughs> Everything's a scam. Everything is a scam for Matt. You can't, you can't figure out one more way to, you know. Ever since they charge us for parking, everything's been a scam. Oh, yeah, I'm on to okay. them. I see. Honey, I'm on to them. Um, all right. Well, on that note, I think it's time for another quick break. Bellissimo. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, we're back. Hello. <sighs> Crisis averted. Toads. Toes. Bombus. Yep. Um. So, last week, guys, if you want to know, Dory needed to add oranges, dark chocolate covered almonds. No replacing of the regular almonds that she likes with some with some wacky almond situation. She said no to that. And then um, I think that's pretty much all you got was oranges. Oh, no, brown sugar. And brown sugar. Yep. That was it. That was all Dory needed. Yeah. Me, in the meantime, a variety 
of Quaker Oats rice cake situations. Some provolone cheese for Bo. Anyway, we're back. Hi, everyone. Um, so last week you were all riled up about lactation consultants being a scam. Uh, I think if we talked about it here, it must be a scam. So, yep. Shockingly, we only heard from one person defending them. <laughs> Literally only one? Yes. Oh, all right. Um, Look, this, this person might have had a lactation consultant that helped them out quite a bit. So I'm going to read this email from Sally, who says, I need to take a moment to defend lactation consultants. While I am not a lactation consultant yet, I'm in the process of becoming one. I am also a pediatric nurse practitioner and former NICU nurse, so hopefully that gives me some additional credibility. I mean, it gives you plenty. If you'd like to pick up tips and tricks along the way. Lactation consultants are not magicians or doctors. Our job is to give families additional support in the breast milk slash breastfeeding realm. The thing is, everyone has to want breastfeeding to happen in order for it to be successful. I would say the investment of the non-breastfeeding partner is perhaps the most essential in making this happen. If anyone in the mom's life is not supportive of breastfeeding or providing breast milk, it's really setting up the process Whoa. to fail. Are we saying I wasn't supportive? Was I not? There were like a few minutes where you weren't supportive. A few minutes out of a dozens of hours. And then, and then you saw how upset I was and you became supportive. When were you upset? Remember when I told you that you had said the, the thing about me being selfish oh, out when loud? my thoughts came out of my mouth accidentally <laughs> that you were never supposed to hear? Uh-huh. Ugh. Yeah. What a terrible time that was. So, Dory, what is your goal in this? Matt, you need to support this goal 100%. Matt, what can you do to support Dory if her goal is to breastfeed or provide breast milk? Literally anything and everything else in your lives that need taken care of. Cooking, cleaning, running errands. Getting, I do it. I do it. I do it. Getting her water bottle. I do it. You do do that. I do literally everything you're talking about. I know you feel left out, Matt, but this is about Dory and Henry right now. But also, Dory, whatever you decide is best for you and Henry is the decision that is correct. Mazel and Henry love to the Shafriras. I, I respect this. I also think it's a little unrealistic just to say that you just have to like want breastfeeding to happen. I know she's not saying that, but it does kind of imply that like it could be that one like the reason it's not working is because you don't want it badly enough. You know what I mean? That if breastfeeding isn't working at your home, it's because you're not wanting it enough. Yeah. Your eyes are not on the prize. Right. Because she says everyone has to want breastfeeding in, in, to happen in order for it to be successful. And it's like, I agree. Well, let me just say for the f- fact number one, she's correct in that if the baby doesn't want it, it's not going to be successful. True. I just, I if just. If the mom doesn't want it, it won't be successful. Yeah. I just worry that, that, you know, there's probably plenty of women out there who want it really badly and it just isn't working for yeah, whatever reason. Yeah, because the baby doesn't want it. No, that's not why. That's the baby's <laughs> like, eh, I'm not into this. Anyway, I just wanted to make that point. Sally, thank you for your email and good luck with becoming a lactation consultant. Okay. Remember last week we no. heard from. Oh, I was supposed to wait for you to get more specific. Yes, go ahead. Last week's. Is gone. Bad Attitude Matt coming out? What? No. Bad Attitude Matt is not scheduling a podcast with Andy Secunda. <laughs> oh, that's why Bad Attitude Matt is here. <sighs> Bad attitude. Did bad, bad, did bad attitude Matt take his meds today? 
interesting. Because you are seeming a little. I remember there being some distracted. Some, yeah. You know what? I don't know that I did. Here we go, everyone. Are those maracas or are they pills? They're pills. We'll see. Oh boy. I don't know. What's the worst that could happen if I'm double dosing? You don't sleep? What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> um, so last week we heard from a woman who thought that doctors telling her that twin pregnancies were risky was a scam. Uh Wait, no, that's not what she said. Yes. That's not what she said. It was what she said. She said that she thought that doctors oh, oh, were right, overstating right, the right, risk of right. twin pregnancies that, no, no, to the, discourage her from, from a transferring specific, to a specific embryos. Doctor, yeah. yeah. And she asked us what we thought of that. Look, I'm on board with your doctor scam train, first of all. Let me just hop on that train with you. But it's not stopping there. Okay. I'm, I'm not we're on, moving past that stop. <laughs> I'm not on that train. Okay, so we got a couple of responses to this. The first one is from Anonymous. Um, I'm responding to the woman who asked if the risks of twin pregnancies are overblown. I'm assuming she has access to doctors for a medical opinion. So here's a non-medical opinion from a mom of twins. No, the risk of having twins, the risks of having twins are not overblown. I belong to a club for mothers of multiples. So many of my friends and acquaintances also have twins. Off the top of my head, I can't think of more than two women who did not have either NICU time or had one or both of their kids in early intervention. Many had both. In my non-scientific experience, medical problems with pregnancy or with the babies is the norm, not the exception, although thankfully many are minor. Every single mother of twins I know who's considering another pregnancy cites having another set of twins as a fear slash risk slash con of trying for another baby. I do not know one woman who has said they hope to get pregnant with a second set. And yes, I do know someone with two sets. Oh, boy. Standard disclaimer that we all love and don't regret our kids, yada, yada. But please don't brush off or romanticize a multiple pregnancy. I won't. I think that's very clear. Very fair. And fair. And balanced. Um, okay. So we got another email from Jen mm -hmm. and I just want to say that this email does just as a heads up, this email does deal with um, pregnancy loss. Just want to make that clear in case mm -hmm. anyone needs to fast forward. Skip ahead a few minutes. Okay. Uh, hi, Dory and Matt. First off, congrats on baby Henry. Thank you. I discovered your podcast last year and have since binge listened to every episode. Thanks for your insightful evidence-based and honest take on all things infertility. I so wish you had been around when I was going through IVF in 2013 and was often left feeling lost and defeated. I wanted to chime in on the question from Liz on last week's podcast on transferring one versus two embryos. Boy, do I have a tale for you. It's long, complicated, and pretty much touches on every aspect of pregnancy, infertility, and the current women's rights debate that you could imagine. So I apologize in advance for the length of this email. After almost a year of trying to get pregnant to no avail and in a, quote, unexplained infertility diagnosis, my husband and I began to see an RE in 2013. Three IUIs later and still no pregnancy, we turned to IVF with one of New York City's top clinics. Our first IVF cycle yielded nine embryos. We were advised not to do PGD. I, I suspect she means PGS, but 
she said PG. Because of my age, 33, and low risk factors, nothing on either my side or my husband's. Um, on transfer day, maybe she did mean PGD. Anyway, on transfer day, we assumed we were meeting with our doctor beforehand and transferring one embryo. Turned out we were meeting with a doctor who happened to be on call that day, and he wanted to transfer too. Whoa. That's Shut the front door on that. I would be on the phone with the other doctor immediately. This was... This was right before single embryo transfer became the norm. And since we were literally sitting outside the surgical room with all of five minutes to make our decision, we took his advice and went ahead with two, despite our significant concerns. That is nuts. Mm. I remember asking about the chance of twins because I'd read that five-day blasts have a higher split rate than normal embryos and even the chance of triplets. He turned to me, actually laughed, and said, oh, no, no. If you got triplets, you'd be the talk of the clinic. <laughs> I think you can all see where this is going. Well, fast forward to the five-week ultrasound where they saw two sacs. Then the six-week ultrasound where, oh, look, three sacs. I was carrying a set of identical twins and a singleton. Triplets. Jesus Christ. Not okay for so, so many reasons, most of all taking into account the risks to me, the babies, and that we were at the time living in four rooms in a New York City apartment. It only gets more complicated from there. After much research and discussion and lots and lots of tears, we planned to undergo selective reduction and go from three to two. At nine weeks, baby C no longer had a heartbeat, so we canceled the selective reduction and planned to move forward with twins. And then at my nuchal around 10 weeks, baby B measured high. I had a CVS done on the spot on both fetuses. Baby B ended up being healthy and is now our smart, sassy five-year-old son. Baby A, however, had a genetic abnormality that caught us completely off guard and came out of nowhere. Cue more research and more tears. We ultimately decided we were not comfortable with it and ended up reducing from two to one around 12 weeks. And if that wasn't enough, at 29 weeks, it was discovered that my placenta wasn't fun functioning properly, likely due to the initial triplet pregnancy, and my son wasn't growing. Jesus, Christmas. After a harrowing five weeks on bed rest, several hospital stays, and a ridiculous amount of monitoring, he was born a tiny bit healthy, four pounds at 34 weeks. He did some NICU time, but all turned out fine in the end, and he's happy and healthy today. I realize my story is not the norm, but it is a way of saying that there's a reason single embryo transfers are now a thing. As my MFM put it, the human body is designed to carry one baby at a time. It doesn't matter how tall or short you are, if you're in shape or out of shape, fertile or infertile, doctors don't see multiples as cute, they see them as risk. I forgot about the tall, the acupuncture. Yes. Tall lady thing. <laughs> Complications rise with twins and rise precipitously with triplets and other high order multiples. Things like prematurity, cerebral palsy, preeclampsia, and other less than desirable things for mom and baby are very, very real possibilities. Possibilities that no one likes to think about, but that sadly happen not all that infrequently. Which leads me to my piece of advice, transfer one embryo. Good luck with your decision and your transfer. I hope you come to a decision that you and your partner are both comfortable with. Did they ever, did they email us back? No. I want to know what's going on over there. I want to know how soon after the transfer are they moving? Well, maybe now we'll hear from them. Okay. Um, wow, that's a crazy tale. Yeah, of New York apartments being very small. Well, I hope I hope anyone who was on the fence about this is now. Who off was on the, the fence? fence? I don't know. Seemed like the emailer and maybe the acupuncturist. <laughs> All right, we have we have an actual IVF. Get off the fence. Okay, 
We have a we have an IVF egg signal. Finally. Um, okay, this is from Shay, who is only on episode ninety four, and she refuses to check social media for news because she wants to find out what happened to us, like all our all our other listeners did. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder what. How many? I mean, I, well, I feel like we switched the season at like one oh eight, right? Yeah, she's close. She's that. She's getting there. Um. All right. I'm pretty new to this infertility world, but feel like I dove headfirst into the shallow end. Long story short, my husband and I were married in August. We started trying immediately, i.e. peeing on sticks, daily temperature tracking, time sex, the whole nine yards. We went to the doctor after six months of no success. I'm 30 and healthy, but also a control freak and very impatient. While I was expecting the doctor to think I was crazy and tell me to go have more sex, she ran all the usual tests, and it turns out we have every issue in the book. Oh, wow. I had a damaged fallopian tube that was filled with fluid, causing an inhospitable environment in my uterus. I had the tube removed with a laparoscopy in April. During surgery, they found endometriosis to be the cause of the dilated tube. Simultaneously, I also found out I have abnormally low AMH level for my age, 0.57. Fast forward a month, and I just finished my first round of IVF. It ended just as fast as it started. They retrieved six eggs, but we found out yesterday that only one of the six was mature and it didn't fertilize, even with ICSI because of sperm morphology concerns. Again, every issue in the book. So on day one, we were left with no embryos. I've read a ton about failed IVF cycles, but I can't find any stories about people who didn't even get one embryo on day one. My doctor said it's definitely an ovarian function issue, but while my AMH is low, it's still measurable and my FSH is normal, eight, and again, I'm only 30. I was led to believe that while I had a diminished reserve... The quality was probably still okay, but clearly not given only one mature egg despite a very aggressive drug protocol. So I was hoping you could send out the egg signal for anyone else who's had trouble retrieving mature eggs. I'm on all the supplements and trying my best to avoid BPA and phthalates. As we all know, it's exhausting. I'm just having trouble accepting that we have only, that we've only been married. Wait, my question is, she said, she said that she didn't get any embryos after Right. They they only got of the six eggs that were retrieved. Yes. Only one was mature. Oh, I and see. that one did not turn into and an it embryo. Did not fertilize. Correct. Gotcha. Any other questions? Still could be sperm, but go ahead. Um, just having trouble accepting that we've only been married slash trying for less than ten months, and all of a sudden we are faced with the prospect of never having a child that's biologically ours. It just happens so fast. Oh. Any success stories would be greatly appreciated. Good luck to you guys. Your honesty and sense of humor are more appreciated than you'll ever realize. You have a long way to go. You have a long way to go, And then she says, P.S. Anyone in the field have any insight into why they don't routinely check a woman's AMH level? I'm a planner. Had I known five years ago that I was working with the ovaries of a 45-year-old, I would have absolutely frozen my eggs. It's a simple blood test that can be performed any day of the cycle. Why is it not part of a yearly physical? Maybe some people should be... I think educating people is uh I think also it's only been pretty recently that there were even options like real options if you had low AMH. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it probably takes a little while for the protocol to catch up. But I have some thoughts for you, Shay. I know we sent out the egg signal, but I also have some thoughts. Number one, do not despair that you had one bad round. I, I think if you're in our Facebook group, you'll see many tales of this, but, it, and I know it sucks to hear this because IVF is expensive, but I think often doctors really use that first round as like a test round to kind of figure out how your body responds to medication. Just, 
everything. And well, they then also they, sort of have to blanket it and yes. go like, well, you're doing this once, so right. this would probably be what you need, yes. but this could not be what you need. Yeah, so if you're up for it and you can afford it, I would do at least one more round, if not two. So that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, it says you have a, you had a very aggressive protocol. It could be that they triggered you too early. And that was why you didn't have any mature eggs. Um, it could be too aggressive. It could Exactly. It could be too aggressive. Um, you might look into something called mini IVF, which some women who have diminished ovarian reserve have used uh, successfully, which is basically that they go for quality, not quantity. Um, and from what I understand, they generally use uh, less drugs and fewer drugs. And um, you might only get a few eggs, but supposedly they're, they're better quality. So that might be something to look into. But I, yeah, I would, I would not necessarily despair right away and have a conversation with your doctor about if you did another round, what would he or she do differently? Mm-hmm. Matt, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, like I said, when I interrupted Dory while she was reading it, uh, the, uh, the dour outlook of like, we just got married and now we might never have children of our own. Slow your roll. You've got a long way to go. There's a lot of science out there. Yep. And a lot of parking to pay for. <laughs> True. You'll be you'll be best friends with that receptionist in no time. Okay. Next email. Okay. It's from Carly. Okay. Hey guys, I'm re-listening to the entire committed library and had completely forgotten that you were interviewed on it. Me too. Listening to you both talk about how fed up you were with IVF, how you said you had no more money to put toward it, how sad you were, how hopeless you felt. It made me sad all over again, but then thinking about where you are now, Dory finding out she was pregnant, I still remember texting my friend in Australia about how excited we I were. I don't even remember when we did that. It what, was... What period of time in our cycles... I think it was the summer of 2017, but I could be totally wrong about that. Yeah, so. um, she's in Canada. Dory's baby bump photos, updates of your home, renos and nursery progress, Dory's baby shower, Henry's birth story, the joy that sweet Henry has brought you while simultaneously sucking your sleep and breast milk away. It's like night and day, really. And until now, I didn't really think about the whole journey and how far you've come, even though I've been listening since day one. I don't know why I'm writing you or what the point is. I just wanted to say that I'm completely insanely happy for you both. Hearing the sadness in your voices back then versus the joy in them now is extremely heartwarming. Give that sweet baby boy a squeeze for me. All the best. And then she followed up with another email where she said, OMG, I think the embryo you guys talk about at the end is actually Henry. Wow. All the love to you guys once again. That probably is. I mean, he was waiting in the wings. He was waiting in the wings. Little Steve Rogers. Yeah. Um, okay. Leslie wrote in to say, I know you guys are probably getting a plethora of unsolicited advice, but I can't help myself and must share something with you and fellow listeners. Surprisingly, not as much as you'd think. Well, we have come out very strongly against it. I know. I think it's great. Great job, everybody. Take all the videos. 
My IVF baby is turning one on the 12th. and I'm We haven't taken any videos or photos. Dory just yelled at me about not taking photos. Continue. And I'm having a professional slideshow made for my husband for Father's Day. I saw a sample of her work, and she did a beautiful one with half photos and half video clips. And that's when I realized I have thousands of photos over the last 11 and a half months, but not as many videos. So that's my advice. P.S. I always felt like we connected through IVF, but then connected through our very similar induction hell and C-section stories. And now with the breastfeeding struggles. Oh. Um, my sister-in-law had similar advice about videos. Yeah. And I got to tell you, still don't think I'm going to be doing it. I've been trying to take more videos. I'm so bad. First of all, I don't have my phone with me all the time. Mm-hmm. This is like something where like everyone on the planet Earth thinks that I, that people constantly have their phones on them. I do not, for many reasons, up to and including the fact that, like, I don't want to be attached to it all the time. I don't mind sitting in front of giant screens. Like, I'll do that. But, like, having the phone, I I don't know. There's something about it that just bothers me. So, like, when I'm in there with Henry and Dory, it's like, my phone's here. It's on my office desk. Which is why I need a dedicated regular camera. I thought you were getting one today. I was gonna, but fries was depressing. Oh. Okay. So. Well, Leslie, thank you for that tip. Um, All right, we just have a couple more. Flora wrote in to say that she loved Fleabag and is going to start rewatching it today, less than 24 hours after I finished it. But for those still struggling with infertility or coping with miscarriages, I'd throw a content warning slash trigger warning when recommending it. The miscarriage scene in the bathroom was devastating. And what Martin said, BTW, why is the only American on the show a huge asshole? Actually, maybe I get it post-2016. Brett uh, Gelman's great. Could be really hurtful. He's fucking great. Yes, he's very funny. I love Brett Gelman. Good guy. I've enjoyed working with him in the past. Would do it again. There you go. That's my Brett Gelman minute. Um, and that is our content Phoebe, warning. I would work with you also. I mean, wouldn't we all? Not again, because we haven't yet. <laughs> um, that is our content warning for Fleabag. There you go. Yeah. If you started binging it already, we're sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, Claire just wrote in to say, I've heard being new parents can be a major hardship on marriages, but you two are doing such a good job, at least on the pod. Dory, your patience and compassion is inspiring. Matt, your jokes don't suck that much. Oh, I disagree. Thanks for showing the rest of us that not hating your spouse after a newborn is possible. Uh, no, I don't. I think it actually, I less hate Dory. Is that weird to say out loud? Oh. I less hate you, honey. Oh, thanks. You're very welcome. How much did you hate me before? I mean, more than I do now, certainly. Wow. Yeah, I less hate you. Okay. (laughs) Wow, I feel so good. You should. (laughs) Thank you. Um... Where was I? Where was I? I, did I? I can't remember if I talked about it on this podcast or a different podcast. Uh, I think I might have talked about it on the James Bonding that we just did, where where I got my tarot read. You know, because famously, the tarot reading on Treks in the City mm. predicted Henry. Ah. Uh. You know, and they were talking about it, and then I was saying how was it? I'm, I don't know where it was. Some I do a lot of podcasts, guys, so. Forgive me if I'm wrong. But, like, you know how in, like, movies and TV shows, having a pregnancy to save a marriage is always a bad idea? I feel like it should totally work all the time. 
Did you think our marriage needed saving? No, but I'm just like saying like, well, how could this make things worse? This is like you both have a goal and then you have to do it together. I don't understand why this is like always a bad idea. I feel like everyone should have a baby to make things to be sure that you're you're stuck with each other for the rest of your lives. Yeah, but I think that's because we had a good marriage going into it. I don't know. All I can say is I think everyone should have a baby with the person that they think might be on the rocks. <laughs> that's my advice. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I think it'll just work out fine. Um well, thanks, honey. You're welcome. Okay. Are you ready for the Disney portion of the podcast? I mean, it's about time. Okay. Carrie writes in to say, my husband's parents are taking us and my husband's 18-year-old son to Disneyland in two weeks. Our trip is a full week. What is an 18-year-old going to do in Disneyland or Disney World Land? World. Land. No. That's what she says. Oh, my God. You're doing a week land. in land? Well, I guess if you're going to go Galaxy's Edge or whatever, sure. Okay. Our trip is a full week with five-day park hopper passes, World of Color dinner at Wine Trattoria. Where's that? Uh, it's the, when it was it used to be the California Adventure, and it was all very Californian-themed. Mm. Um, there's They had like a small vineyard in there. In the oh, middle, wow. You know, and there's that wine restaurant that's up, uh, it's on a hill. You'll see it. I see. Next time you're there. Okay. Galaxy's Edge reservations. Perfect. And Fantasmic Dining reservations at Blue Bayou. Oh, cool. That's cool. What is that? Fantasmic is the show they do on the on the river. Tom, you know, in front of Tom Sawyer's Island. Oh, and there. you can like eat dinner while Blue you Bayou. watch the show? Well, I don't know how the reservations work. I see. But Blue Bayou is that restaurant that you see when you're in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There is also a day trip planned to SeaWorld with all-day dining, reserved show seating, and front-of-line ride passes. Sure. SeaWorld, uh, SeaWorld Park in uh, San Diego. This is all very generous of them, and I'm excited, but I'm also feeling anxious because I will be 22 weeks pregnant at the time of our trip with our science baby. Yeah. This pregnancy has not been without its complications, and I've spent a few weeks on bed rest at 12 to 15 weeks with a severe SCH, sub chorionic hematoma yeah bleed and i'm still on pelvic rest i know that his parents like to spend the entire day at the park basically open to close for the whole week as we've done a disney trip with them before <laughs> that's what <laughs> how old are these people that's amazing i'm wondering if you have any recommendations for the trip any favorite places to just first sit of and all, get some rest for a while first of all if you're staying at disney they aren't Oh, where Let are me they finish. Oh. Or any general pregnant Disneyland recommendations like rides, food, etc. We aren't staying at the park hotels, so I can't really just retreat back to the room whenever I feel the need to get away. We stay nearby at a Worldmark timeshare that his parents have. Hmm. Nearby. I'm already thinking about telling them that I'm going to take a pass on the SeaWorld day and just rest by the hotel pool and read to get some personal time. I think that's reasonable. I love the show and huge congratulations on your new son, Best Carrie. I would say it's reasonable to skip your SeaWorld day. Uh, look, you want to know the place you're always going to have a seat and, and it's air-conditioned and it's nice and quiet. Great moments with Mr. Lincoln. It's true. My favorite ride. Uh, it's on, you know, it's to the right on Main Street when you walk in. Uh, also, here's another thing I'd like to tell you to do. Get on the fucking Disneyland Railroad. And guess what? You never have to get off. 
You can literally stay in that thing for 17 hours at a time. So if you're looking to take a break, get in line at the Disneyland Railroad. Ride it with your family. They can get off where they want to get off. And if they want to meet you again, guess what? You'll be around in a minute. The people uh, mover. Does not exist at Disneyland. You know honey. what I'm talking about. No, I don't. <sighs> not the people mover. Are the... you talking about the people mover in Tomorrowland? Yeah. Because that doesn't exist in Disneyland. Oh, I'm thinking of Disney World. The track is still there. It used oh, to exist. Okay. Then they made it the Rockets, and then they ruined the track. Oh. Structural problems. They Whoops. can't. They won't rebuild it because it would cost too much. But they Disney seem to, seems to have plenty I was of money. Say, since when did costing too much? Exactly. <laughs> uh, there used to be a people mover in Tomorrowland. There hasn't been since nineteen, no, two thousand two. I want to say anyway. Um, but uh, let's see, Pirates of the Caribbean is great, but you know it's going to be busy probably. Uh, and then, like, uh, the, there's good there's good shaded seating over around Critter Country. Like, if you head down towards Splash Mountain in the corner there by Winnie the Pooh, by Pooh Corner, there's some decent shaded seating. Um, and then on the California Adventure side of things, I would say... I would say it's harder to find just good, quiet seating over there. Mm-hmm. Even though the park is less dense, I would say don't feel bad about piecing out. Oh yeah, that's true too. You don't have to stay from open to close. No, it's eight to midnight. That's like, insanity. That is insanity. Even if you're not pregnant, and if you're going into Galaxy's Edge, I think it's a four-hour window you guys have, so you can't be there all day. So, I think you can say to them if you're just not feeling up for it that you can go back to the hotel. I know you're not staying on Disney property, but get out of there. GTFO. Yeah. OMG. So that's my advice. All right. We have one more voicemail and then we'll bring this episode to a close. All right. Let's see what we got. Hey, Matt and Dory. I had to call in after the gym when Matt was questioning the invention of the Phillips head screw, uh, which is totally something I would get down a rabbit hole about. And Mike Rowe has this excellent Paul Harvey-esque podcast called The Way I Heard It, where he, and there's an episode number 94 where he talks about the invention of the Phillips head screw. I kind of debated whether or not to call in and tell you this, because that podcast is so much better if you do not know what the end subject is about, and he just reveals it through the story. But... Give that one a listen. It's a really good one. Oh, that's a cool way to do it. Bye. That's a very cool way to do it. Sort of tell the story until you, and then arrive at the... I will say, uh, Proof, the America's Test Kitchen uh, podcast is back with a vengeance. Really enjoyed the episode about the Miracle Berry. Oh. And Big big Sugar trying to destroy the Miracle Berry in the 70s (gasps) and succeeding. Oh, no. Anyway fascinating it's a good podcast too but thank you for the recommendation thank you and thank you all for listening sticking with us except for you the rest of you yes you know who you are um reminder you can still support us on patreon and get up to two bonus episodes per month at patreon.com slash excellent adventure and if you support us at the five dollar level or above you'll get your name read on the podcast each month and the back catalog of the patreon episodes do you think each month was a wise decision 
well, we've made our bed. <laughs> now we have to lie in it. I always say that to Andy. Should we have fun each month? Um, all right. Here is our first batch of supporters. Like Diana Martin, for instance. Caroline. had her name read 80,000 times. And I, I just want to know, Diana, are you tired of it? Do you like it? Yeah, well, can I continue to do it? But Diana is, is a great fan I and know supporter. She is. I know she is. I've known her for many, many years. Caroline Land. Uh, Frederick Roy. Greg Watchorn. Jennifer H.S. Lauren Gleason, also known as Donkey of Prey. <laughs> Melody Baltazar. Tara McElfresh. Tyler Rosewood. Karen Thickershey. Uh, Al- uh, Abba N. Alan L. Alec Meredith and Fletcher Battle. Alexis Letkeman. Allison Dean. Alyssa Stokes. Allie Morin. Amanda um, Lady. Amy. Amy Giles. Amy Sharon. Andrea McCarroll. Andy Public. Angel Rivera III. Angie James. Anne K. Lee. Anne Real. Some Anonymous. April Cherry. Ariana Perry. R.T. Arthur Finney. Uh, Ashley Cecil Lee. Audrey Watson. Aurora and Zelda. Oh, we heard from Aurora yeah, the and Zelda over on... Uh, the, the Patreon episode. Patreon episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Becca Foster. Ben A. P. H. D. Brett Jarrett. Britt S. Baker. Brittany Bonanza. Bruno Macias. Macias. Say Macias. Macias. CJ. <laughs> uh, Carly Moore. Carolyn N. Catherine Cook. Kathy Hill. Coke. Cock. Coke. Cook. We'll find out. Chinami Worth. Chris Dibel. Christina Turner. Christine M. Uh, Christy Maggs. Danielle Kohler. Uh, heir to the Kohler fortune. I'm tapping a file on my leg and Dory finds it annoying. Very fidgety today. What's happening? You Daphne hadn't taken Powers. your meds. Darlene Estramera. Uh, DFI Plums. Edwina Morgan Bodo. Eleanor Shaw. Elizabeth Gerardo. Emily McNaughton. Erica Brown. Aaron Gudge. Aaron Torley. Evelyn Schmevelin. Greta Truitt. Hannah Crowder. Heather Nelson. Helen R.B. Hooten Waddle. Jack Woodard. Jacqueline Griffin. Jane Callahan. Jennifer Sika. Thank you all so very there much. There you go. If you want to hear us uh, answer random questions that aren't necessarily about IVF, uh, head on over to the Patreon. Sign up. If you want yep. us to answer any questions that, that are random, do it on this one, too. We'll fucking do it at the end. It's fine. We, we love sure it. sure will. We love, an old, we love a weird left field question. Thank you all so much. We'll see you again next week. In the meantime, I've been Matt. That's been Dory. And Henry's been awake.